This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and we have a wonderful reader repartee interview that we will be doing today. And I have to say, I'm excited because Next to Wab Canoe, I'm speaking to a Manitoban, and I'm really, really excited about that. So I'm going to let Tara introduce our guest. Okay, so our guest today is Lisa, who lives in Manitoba. And Lisa is, um, she's my cousin. I've known her for, well, since she was born, because we're maybe, oh, I don't know the exact difference in age, but it doesn't matter. We're not going to go there. Um, but she is one of my favorite cousins. And she is on Insta. She's also a prolific reader. You can find her on Instagram as the enamored bibliophile. And I'm going to just read her uh, bio because I think it's a really sweet bio for that she's put on for her Instagram. Uh, she is the heroine of her own rom-com, living her best life with her incre- incredible husband, James, her two wonderful children, who I absolutely adore, both of them, and a collection of animals. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for agreeing to join us. This is super exciting. Okay, so let's jump right in. And I want to know how you became a reader. So I, I've i put a lot of thought into this. And I, I feel like, Tara, the whole family angle, you'll probably, I think you'll probably empathize with this. Yeah. I actually don't feel like I was given a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I tried to think, was there a particular book or a particular moment in my life, um, something that would define me as a reader? And there really wasn't. I think it was my mom's influence. Yeah. Right. So there were always books in the house. Road trips were a stack of books. Uh, the Christmas tree was books. Uh, you know, and even, and I mean, you know, Tara, when we were growing up, I, I didn't have a lot, um, but mm-hmm. for some reason there was always money for books. Yeah. So I think, I think maybe that's why I'm a reader. I think it's because books have been almost a constant in my life, right? Where they were, they fulfilled both a feeling of, uh, of security and comfort, maybe even a little bit of escape at times. Yeah. And I think just recently your mom has told me how, how she would take you and Evelyn, your, your younger sister, uh, walking to the library. And it didn't yes. matter how far away the library was. You guys walked to the library and you came back with a bag of books. Absolutely. Every time, yeah. right? And the, the scholastic book fair at our mm-hmm. schools. My was, favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Right. There is no feeling like this scholastic bookstore feeling. Um, but it was really the one time where it was carte blanche. There was no budget, um, fill the cart, right? So I, I think that's, yeah. there's a lot of memories with books because of that, because of my mom. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people we've talked to so far, their mothers have been sort of the catalyst for getting them to be readers. And I just love that. That makes me really happy. So, so Lisa, number two question, what book do you wish you could read again for the first time and sort of have that experience of reading it for the first time. Okay. So you guys, I have to admit, I think I've got five written down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear them. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I, I feel like the books that I tried to narrow it down. And I, I think 
you know, the books that I chose were books that had incredible emotional impact on me, um, where I was weeping from the first page, or I became so enamored or so, you know, engrossed in the story and attached to the characters. Um, so I've got five. So for me, The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna was, came top of mind. It's one that I, I think about it to this day, and I still feel it deeply. Um, the second, and Tara, I know you've read this one, it's We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker. Yep. Same reason, right? I just became so attached to the characters um, that it was, when I when I closed the book, it was like saying goodbye to people that I was really invested in, people that were part of my life. Um, the other is a classic, I think, Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one for me, I think I read probably 25 years ago, um, and I've read it again multiple times, but every time I read it, I wish it was the first time. So that one came to mind as well. I just, I'm getting to the end guys, I promise. <laughs> I just got, <laughs> I, I just finished The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Mm-hmm. If you guys have not read that, I'm going to, I will beg for, for everybody to put it at the top of their lists. It was brilliant from the first page. I had chills reading through that book. It's a debut author and she just blew my mind with that book. I wish I could read it for the first time again. Um, and then the last one is actually a series uh, and it is Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Mass. So it's a seven book series. Um, and the reason why I love this one is because I feel like I haven't really come across an author that has me so invested in character development as this one. Even the characters I hate, I'm rooting for by the end of the book. So it is a, a seven book series and it was phenomenal. So those are more than one. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I want, no, it's okay. I want to know what the measure is about. What is that about? You spoke so enthusiastically about it. Yeah, so the measure, it is one day, the entire world, the entire world, anyone over the age of 22 wakes up and there is a box on their doorstep and it says the measure of your life lies within. So as people around the globe start to open it, they see that there is a string inside. And as the story unfolds, you realize that the string is the length of your life. Oh, I have to read this. Yeah. So it is, it is just, it's a multi-point of view. Um, the characters are kind of all over the place in terms of beliefs. It, it's just, it's an amazing book and it really makes you, or made me question a lot of things that I believe to be true and not true. Ooh, that's a great yeah. book talk. Yeah. Thank you. That's on my list. Yep. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant. That was a great list, by the way, Lisa. Mm -hmm. I like Sorry, that. Sorry it was so long. I really no, no. it down. <laughs> I did tell Lisa when I sent her the questions, I said, there are no rules. Like Exactly, yes. Yeah, we have no rules. So you rework your answer to fit the question or you rework the question to fit the answer, however you want it to do it. So I like that. Mm -hmm. I really took advantage of it, Tara. I'm not going to nope. lie. Nope, that's okay. More <laughs> books, that's okay. We're both okay with that. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Question three. Which author, living or dead, would you like to meet in person and why? So I did the same thing. I've got more than one. 
Um, Seeing a pattern, Lisa. <laughs> so it, well, you know that that whole introspection thing we talked about. We'll get into that. Um, I, I I'm terrible at deciding. Um, you know, people say, "What's your favorite color?" And I go, "I can't possibly choose. There's so many beautiful colors." And I'm I'm feeling that same way about the books I'm reading right now. Is I just I can't possibly choose. So, um, book wise. I think dead. I'm going to, if I only had one to choose, it would be Bryce Courtney. Bryce Courtney is probably the first author that I took seriously. I suppose. Um, I read his, his debut, even though it was quite an old book by the time I read it, his debut is called the power of one. I read it, I think, in grade 10 in Mr. Park's English class. I will never forget. Um, And it is just the most astounding book. So Bryce Courtney is a South African author with citizenship in, um, in Australia. And all of his books, he takes a, an underdog character and he puts them into a a point in time, like a historical moment in time. So the power of one takes place during the apartheid. Um, so it's, you know, that's just one example of some of the books he's he's read, or sorry, written. Um, he's had a really interesting life. So his son, for example, died um, of uh, AIDS, AIDS-related complications. When he was 24, he wrote a book about it. Um, he had a really, really long life. He had two or three careers. He was just a, an incredible man. He was also a very, very kind man. So one of the most prized books on my shelf is actually a signed, a personalized signed book from Guy Gabriel K. Or sorry, I'm Bryce Courtney. I'm looking at the stack of books on my desk right now, you guys, and I'm getting confused. <laughs> Bryce Courtney. Um, so my husband for my 30th birthday actually sent an email to Bryce Courtney and he responded personally wow. and sent, sent me a book from Australia free of charge with a message in it. So I just think someone like that would be an incredible person to sit down with. Mm-hmm. What an amazing yeah. gift. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's something I will treasure. And I it's also the biggest bucket of points that my husband's ever gotten and it cost him nothing. So, <laughs> so yeah, so he's, so I, I have read all of his books. He's since passed away. I have read all of his books except for the last one, because I'm not ready to say goodbye to this author yet. Oh, I totally have not read anything that. by yeah. him. Have you, oh, Rebecca? Really? No, uh-uh, oh. no. He is probably my favorite author of all time. Hmm. Okay. So. More for our to-be-read yeah. list. There you yeah. go. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and, and including Guy Gabriel K, who I messed up on because I said his name because I was looking at the books, but he was also on my who would you like to meet list. Yeah, that would be a good one. Okay, so, well, let me, I just want to follow up though. So if you sure. were able to meet him and spend time with him, is there a question, like, is there a burning question that you would ask him? I'm just curious. You know, I, I think I would, I would love to just with someone like that, who's had such an interesting life. Like if you look at his biography or if you, if you go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole, he just had such a long, interesting life. I think I would, I would honestly just want to know his life story, right? I just want to sit there with a cup of coffee or a beer or whatever, whatever's Mm -hmm. at hand um, and ask him about 
everything that brought him to where he was. You know, he he was a prolific writer. He wrote a book a year, um, and his books weren't small, right? They were 700 to 1,000 pages each. Wow. And he wrote one a year, and they were all beautifully researched, incredibly accurate for the historical period that he put them in, and he always wrote underdogs. So I'd be very, very curious to to understand what about his life drove him to write the way that he does. Oh, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Well, now we're going to flip it a little bit and ask you what fictional character would you like to meet and why? So I actually only have one here, you guys. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could probably keep going, but I only have one. So for me, it is the character Duchess from We Begin at the End uh, by Chris Whitaker. That's a good one. Yeah, I would yeah. love, I would love to sit down with her. But you know, I, I almost want to put a bit of a, a slant on it, right, Tara? Because when we yeah. met Duchess, I think she was twelve or thirteen in the book. I think so. Yeah, I would love to actually meet her as an adult, right? So take the end of the story, fast forward, and maybe talk to her when she's twenty-five. Mm-hmm. You know, and just because I think as a character, I mean, she was. She was so strong and resilient, but she was vulnerable. Um, like I, I remember reading this and thinking, at a, as a twelve-year-old, she's a better grown-up than most grown-ups I know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would love the opportunity to actually sit with her in the future from where the book ends. And I don't know that title, so can you tell me a little bit about the story, like the setting or the time period? Uh, yeah, for sure. So we began. And, Tara, if I'm lying, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Okay, so, I so remember, is, but my uh, memory for details are, isn't great. You know, and that's one of the things I was finding as I was going through your list of questions as I was going, I've read so many books and I can't remember most of them. Yep. Um, so, you know what, I actually think she was 13. Anyway, she's she's a young woman. Um, and it's not, she's not, I don't think she's meant to be the main character. So she... Mm is growing up in a California town, which is really interesting, actually, because the author is from England, and he's writing a story in this fictional California town, and the book feels American, which I found really amazing. I found Um, that really interesting, too, Lisa. Yeah, and I, I, so I had, have you read any of his other books, Tara? No, not yet. So I have read, I read his debut, Tall Oaks, and it is also set in California, but you can tell he's English in it. So he's, lot since his first book yeah interesting but yeah so it is so duchess is somewhere between 12 and 13 or whatever (laughs) um and she she refers to herself as an outlaw and has a really really challenging home life um but she creates this this relationship with the chief of police in this small town who also has a relationship with duchess's mother um, the person that Duchess loves most in the world is her little brother. And it's really, it evolves. There's a bit of mystery. There's a bit of drama. Um, it's very contemporary. I found it very heartbreaking, but I also found it very hopeful. Um, so yeah, so it, it, it's it's really a relationship-based book around these characters. So walk Duchess and her brother and how their lives kind of implode and then come back together. 
sounds fabulous. So again, yeah. that that's on my list now. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the best book I read all of last year, and I would argue oh. to say it's probably the best book I've read in about ten years. Is this okay. one? Thank you. Yeah. Other than maybe the measure, it might be up there with the measure. I was going to call you on that, but I'm like, no, no, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't choose just one, Tara. Don't make me. Okay, so Lisa, when we were just before this earlier today, when you and I were going back and forth, you had mentioned how when you were thinking about these questions, it was you, you were realizing, learning about your reading life itself. And you have inspired directly, like our, a new question for us that we've added to reader repartee, and you are going to be the first reader to answer it for us. So in preparing for this podcast, what did you learn about yourself as a reader? So, and I, I warned you, Tara, that I might, this is where the rambling might start as if I haven't already rambled yeah. enough. Rebecca and I um, love rambling. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if this makes any sense. So stop me and interrupt me if I start to go off, uh, off track here. So one of the things I found interesting, so backstory. Um, I have a an award as a kindergarten reader from my kindergarten library, King Edward Elementary School in Calgary, um, and it is one of the Disney princess books. So it's actually Sleeping Beauty. So I would always ask for love stories or princess books from the minute I figured out that I loved books. Um, and I have always thought of myself as primarily a romance reader right? I love romance books. I love happy ever after. Um, my favorite books are, are the ones with a good ending. And then I, I started pulling my, my books together here. And there's not a single one that I would call a romance or that I would say has a happily ever after in an uncomplicated way, right? Yeah. That you would expense, expect a romance. So I found it really interesting to realize that the books that impact me most are not the ones that I read the most. So I, I had a moment of realization where I, I thought to myself, I might be reading the wrong books, right? If I'm not pulling a single book off my shelf that fits into mm. who I be who I believe I am as a reader, um, I need to re-examine what I've got, what I'm what I'm bringing into my house, I suppose. So that was that was one piece for me, Lisa. If you are still enjoying the books that you're reading, mostly. Like even if they aren't the ones that you're bringing to the show today, that there's still benefit to reading them. Do you know what I mean? Like absolutely, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there comes a. This was another observation, right? Is is I've actually started picking up a lot of. A lot of romance novels during COVID, um, mm -hmm. when life was really heavy, uh, and I'm also reading a lot of. I I read a lot more romance when I'm in school. So while I'm doing my graduate studies, I find it's just a, it's a really nice escape. So between the yeah. pandemic and between, you know, school, um, it's a good way to just detach and, and kind of dream a little outside of everyday life pressures. So I think I've been using romance as an escape and I do, I do enjoy them. Um, I just, they don't have the impact that I thought they had, I suppose. Lisa, I just have to say the reason I loved this question is you just nailed it because I always thought of myself as someone who I read, I read fiction and nonfiction, but 
you know, I always go from one to the other because I just need that, you know, my nonfiction fix. And what I discovered when I was putting my to be read list, my all the books I had in my home together, they were overwhelmingly nonfiction. And I just so now I say I'm a nonfiction reader who reads fiction sometimes. I feel like it I, I just didn't realize that about myself until I literally was counting what I had on my shelves and what I want to read and what my go-to almost always is. So that's why I love that you um, gave us that question. And so, yeah, and your answer, I loved it. That That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's, you know, Rebecca, I, like I love that, that idea of pausing and taking stock. And I love Tara, what you said, right. That if they bring you joy, read what you want. And I think it's okay too, because one of the, you know, obviously I'm indecisive. You heard how many questions I had or how many answers I had to single questions. <laughs> so too many colors in the rainbow, right? Too many books in the world to choose. But there's also something a little bit magical about having a, an erratic reading style or or not being able to pick one, right? Rebecca, so not, not saying I'm a nonfiction reader or me saying I'm a romance reader, um, but instead just saying, you know what, I'm going to read whatever whatever. Mm -hmm. If I, if I want to read a thriller or a fantasy or a contemporary lit or, or, or it's totally okay because it's, it, you can be whatever reader you want to be in the moment. And I, I just, I, it was a great moment for me going through these questions and going, I'm actually pretty proud of the range of genres that I have on my shelf um, to not just say I'm a romance reader. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. I have, you've given us a lot of content, which is great. And we will put all the titles and the authors in our uh, show notes. But thank you so much for joining us today. We, I just really was fascinated by your answers. I can't wait to add a whole bunch of new books to my <laughs> reading list. So thanks. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank yeah, you, thank you for me. Thanks, Tara. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading. <laughs>